Can I ask a question really quick? Yeah. Charm? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask. It can learn charm at level 12. I don't know why. What? What? <laughs> it's got it's got a jaw that puts the crimson chin to shame. What's charming about it? You're tuned into the GoCast podcast. Your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. This upcoming season of Go Battle League is out of its own league. Some Sandile evolve and turn to a life of crime. Grab a croissant and grab your beret because Generation 6 is on the horizon. Niantic holds a poison sting operation to make bugs more viable. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the GoCast podcast. It's November 3rd, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, what's up? I'm alive. Yes, so yes. It's, it's a positive right now, I think. Right, right. And today of all days, election day here in the States, we are looking to find the positive. Uh, we're also very stressed and tired as a result. Yep, that's how it's going. <laughs> yeah, so, just a little bit. <laughs> despite that, uh, we did record this past Friday, uh, and so this episode might seem a little truncated. I've no idea how this is going to turn out. There's just not as usual amount of things to work through, so we'll work through what we do have together, Kyle, like we do every week already. Before we get started here, I'd like to acknowledge a brand new patron. Shout out to Kios. Thank you so much for your patronage. And uh, looking forward to getting to know you better in the Discord. All right, Mr. Kyle, for goals this past week. Yeah. You ready? You, you did some uh, You did some uh, heavy hitters here. Yeah. Uh, only three of them, but wowee. Uh, the first one was Shiny Spirit Tomb. No. All right. Well, I hate to tell you, buddy, but I ain't surprised. What about a Shiny Dark Rye? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, how about maxing the Shadow Mewtwo? Uh, hang on. Did I did I do that? I know I put the candy into it. Mm, mm-hmm. It's just a button press, Kyle. You can do it. Did, yes. Yes. You did it. Okay, I, great. I did it. It hurt. Did you do it just now? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. All righty. That's a uh, one out of three. One out of three. Ain't bad. Thanks, Meatloaf. Okay. For myself, I wanted to catch a shiny Marowak. I'm happy to say I caught two of them during Marowak Raid Day. Uh, 200,000 Stardust, I did do that as well. And Max of Vespaquin, I did that right after the last show. Ooh, perfect score. Haven't got one of those <laughs> in a very, very long time, and I'm thrilled about it. Great. We're off to a great start, Kyle. And without further ado, because I, I have no other reason to keep everybody waiting on this side of the news bumper, let's get into the news. And here we are, and no worse for the wear. It's the news section. All right, our one and only piece of news this week is the Pokemon Go Battle League Season 5 announcement. Here is how it started out. As previously mentioned in the blog post detailing Season 4, Season 5 of the Go Battle League will be shorter than previous seasons at just three weeks long. In addition, ratings will not be used for rank progression this season, and you'll instead progress through the ranks by winning a certain number of battles. We hope to see trainers take this opportunity to try out new strategies, test different battle teams, and prepare 
for season six. Okay, so what's happening in these three weeks? What's the timeline look like? Well, here we go. When season five begins on Monday, November 9th at 1 p.m. PST, your end of season rewards for season four will be available on the battle screen, including an elite fast TM if you reached rank seven or higher. We're also excited to reveal that season five will feature entirely new cups. The dates and the schedule below are tentative. By below, I mean later in, in line. Uh, this is reference to a, a blog. Okay, I know that means different in an audio form. All right, we're going to get through this in a second. The dates are tentative. Okay, great. Stay tuned. We'll update you if anything changes. Now, Niantic said that, but I'm also saying that if anything changes, we'll update you because they'll update us and we'll update you. That's how this relationship works. Okay, great. The Little Cup. It's the first of these new cups will run from Monday, November 9th at 1 p.m. to Monday, November 16th at 1 p.m. PST. Only Pokemon that are able to evolve and have not evolved even once are eligible. The CP limit is 500. We'll circle back on these, Kyle. I'm interested to get your thoughts on these. The second cup is the Kanto Cup, and it will run from Monday, November 16th at 1 p.m. to Monday, November 23rd at 1 p.m. PST. Only Pokemon with a Pokedex number between 1 and 151 are eligible. The CP limit is 1,500. The Catch Cup, the third and final cup, will run from Monday, November 23rd at 1 p.m. to Monday, November 30th at 1 p.m. PST. Only Pokemon that have been caught since the beginning of Season 5 are eligible. The CP limit is 1,500. Mythical Pokemon such as Mew, Celebi, Jirachi, and Victini are not eligible for the Catch Cup. And there's more to say in this announcement, but let's circle back really quick. Kyle, I'm curious to hear what you think about these cups. This is kind of new for them. I mean, we've talked about the Flying Cup in the past, which is this upcoming Thursday. Um, and the Halloween Cup was their first kind of foray into a limited actual uh, canon, uh, you know, GBL experience. Um, and these three seem to be kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. So what are your thoughts? I think it's pretty cool that they're actually trying more of these. It shows potential for the future because everyone is tired of open okay that's a lie i'm sure plenty of people actually enjoy open except for master league i will say i'm not super thrilled on the the choices this time around but okay i i've seen the early mock-ups for the meta for little cup if you think any current meta is stale or small well don't take part in little cup because it's got like nine viable pokemon <laughs> more or less. yeah let's talk about these one at a time because i've got some uh, pieces of feedback that i've seen from the community about this so i'd like to see represented as well besides our own um feelings about it so for the little cup just exactly what you said super limited meta right and uh i don't want to step on DeFi's or fish's toes i believe they're going to be talking about these metas in the pvp corner section this week so i'm excited for that but from our cursory amateur perspective <laughs> and from what i've seen online the cp limit of 500 is very limiting and there's not a lot of play underneath there as well so that restriction seems a little bit low uh, it kind of like takes out several several participants that could otherwise be fun or at least a little bit of a like diversification i do respect the 500 cp idea though because people have had that idea for like casual matches between friends all the time but that's yeah. the thing those are just for fun they're not competitive right yeah no that's that's fair enough i agree um yeah this one just doesn't see i don't know it just doesn't seem like it's competitively exciting it and that's pretty much it the, it keeps the cost down 
I, I yeah, guess. I get. Oh man, <laughs> we're gonna talk about cost in particular in just a moment here. But before uh-huh. we do, yeah, let's yeah let's get into the Canto Cup. Now, uh, I'm I think that this is probably my favorite out of the three. Kyle, how do you feel? Out of the three, yeah, Canto is boring. Oh, okay. And, and I'm right. gonna offend a lot of of Gen Oneers there. Gen Oneers, but I I think Canto is boring. Why? Because so. it's old. It did not have a lot of the base ideas that Pokemon currently has solidified at the time. Mm-hmm. So it just it just doesn't hold up as well. The selection of Pokemon is is not as compelling sometimes. Yeah, that's true. But 151 options for this meta is interesting. So hopefully it'll be much more varied than maybe the Baby Cup when it has nine options. Yeah. I mean, come on. No thanks. So... Yeah, the Canto Cup also doesn't have any glaring problems. It doesn't have a, a super restrictive CP cap. 1500 is completely fine. Uh, one would argue it's the best uh, CP cap. Just going to throw it out there. But yeah, doesn't have the same drawbacks and, and cons as Little Cup does. But you know what? Cup does have the biggest con. <laughs> it's also the most creative idea. So it's kind of a bummer. This Catch Cup, <laughs> this last one. When it says only Pokemon that you have caught since the beginning of season five, that means like the two weeks prior and during the time that this cup is live, only those Pokemon are usable. So now, Kyle, why is this an awkward design choice and why are people so mad about it? Uh, It's expensive and it's prohibited to people who don't grind, at least in my eyes. Yes, absolutely. So... Yeah, I think the the phrase that I saw before was the catch cup is a fun idea, but the idea of reinvesting into a second Azumarill is not fun. It's not fun in the least. A hundred percent true. And this is where it's tough because it could get people thinking creatively on who can you use at the bare minimum, who can you catch at, you know, 1200 CP or evolve to 1200 CP that wouldn't be very expensive to invest in but there will always always be somebody who will reinvest in that azumel you know there will always right. be somebody right. who makes another altaria that kind of stuff right for sure but here's the other thing to consider is that it's only pokemon that are caught within this period of time right so yes you'd have to reinvest to make a, a carbon copy of something that you already have maxed out and kitted that includes tms the stardust the time but also the most important part is that you have to catch one with viable ivs and i'm going to go ahead and say that 98 percent of the catches that are going to be happening in this small amount of time are not going to be your ideal ivs so not only are you making a second copy of it it's not even something you're really going to be wanting to use moving forward after these three weeks you're going to constantly be looking for or maybe already have uh, a superior version that you'll use already so it's not even like the investment will be used afterwards too. For sure. That one doesn't get to me as much because in this situation, I'm not concerned about IVs because you have to be less picky. Right. That's true. It's certainly a flaw in what is sort of a clever idea. What I will say though, is that this is, this is great for people that don't take GPL very seriously. So, you know, if you have never really gotten into the scene or you're like, why would I do that? The meta is so crazy. It seems like it's really defined. Like, I'm just not into it. This is a great jumping on point 
for people to get into it and and be at a reasonable level playing field with other trainers. So that's exciting. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of new people trying this this cup out that otherwise wouldn't have. So I guess that's that's a pro for sure about it. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Anyway, those three cups are happening. We got some other stuff going on with this announcement here. Unchanged this season. There will not be a walking requirement in order to battle, which is great. The friendship level requirement for battling remotely will remain a good friends throughout season five. Great, great, great. The avatar items inspired by Pikachu Libre will continue to be rank seven rewards. You can still encounter Pikachu Libre once you've reached rank 10. The end of season rewards will be similar to those in season four. Stardust from rank one to rank three. Stardust TMs and a premium battle pass from rank four to rank 10. Okay, great. So then what's changing this season? Starting at rank seven, you'll have a chance to encounter legendary Pokemon on the Go Battle League rewards track. These legendary Pokemon will be the same as those appearing concurrently in five-star raids. The rest of the Pokemon you can encounter on the rewards track will remain unchanged from season four. Please note that encounters with legendary Pokemon on the rewards track will be available in the Go Battle League only during season five. You got feedback on this? I can hear you breathing. They know what they're doing there. They know that this is not appealing to people, so they're putting a reward that they know is appealing to people to get people to take part. Yeah, for sure. And I'm thinking that maybe this is just, yeah, getting them to engage with it when they otherwise wouldn't have so that they can uh, get more feedback so that they can go at this again and, and maybe make a, a better, you know, air quotes better, right, for the community cups. So I'm okay with this. Rank progression during the season will be based on effort rather than ratings. To reach rank two, you must complete a certain number of battles. To reach ranks three through ten, you must win a certain number of battles. And if you finish season five at rank seven or higher, you'll receive an elite charged TM rather than an elite fast TM. Great. Nothing too crazy going on there other than rating isn't a thing. It's just uh, completed matches up to that point, which is great. Uh, and then three things at the end here. First, new attack added. Incinerate. This fire type fast attack will initially be available only to Rapidash, originally discovered in the Kanto region, Typhlosion, Ho-Oh, Darmanitan from Unova, uh, and Chandelure. There is an attack updated for trainer battles. Poison Sting, baby. Yeah, yeah. This poison type fast attack will now generate more energy, allowing Pokemon like Vespaquin drapion and whirlipede to use their charged attacks more frequently now i'm no expert but i heard this is doing wonders for our friends over in the bug family mm -hmm. <laughs> and lastly an attack available to more pokemon flame charge this powerful fire type attack will now be teachable to rapidash the cantonian version entei embor and chandelure looks like chandelure is getting a lot of love which is nice great 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 uh, i'm excited for poison sting Kyle, anything jump out to you? You like Incinerate? I do like Incinerate. I haven't seen any numbers that have been found out yet about it, but it's nice that there's another fire fast type. There's another fire type fast attack in the game that has been sorely lacking, I would say. That's not Fire Fang or Fire Spin? Or Ember. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, yeah, plus Incinerate's just a sweet word. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, look at that. We're already done with the news section. Can you believe it? Yes. Yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> let's go into Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to take an early look at Gen 6. 
there, there's been a couple of data mines with, you know, Gen 6 floating around. We're sort of getting to that time where we're expecting information to be coming. It's been a while since Gen 5 came out. Let's ignore the fact that we're still missing like nine Pokemon or something like that. Where's Kecleon? <laughs> no, I'm talking about just from Gen 5. Oh, oh. But that's okay because Gen 6 has got some great Pokemon in it. Not going to lie. Yeah, but are any of them Cowboy Hat Caterpie, please? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Bummer. I mean, maybe, but not exclusive to Gen 6. Okay. Okay. First up is the pseudo-legendary from the generation, Gudra. Plain dragon type. Now, I'm going to state here, all of the moves that I'm talking about are potential moves that the Pokemon can learn based on their move sets that are teachable in the main series game. They could vary wildly if they decide to give them worse move sets, but I'm going to be going with what I would consider the best available from their possible moves. And for Gudra, for fast attacks, it's Water Gun and Dragon Breath. And for charge attacks, it's Dragon Pulse, Water Pulse, and Aqua Tail. Not the greatest selection of moves. Uh, no, no. And given the fact that it's pure dragon type, the water moves are pretty much wasted, and except for coverage for PvP. Of course, there are other utility moves, speaking of PvP, that it can learn, such as Body Slam or Flamethrower. But PvP analysis will have to wait until we actually get them into the game. So that leaves it as a dragon type. And we have a lot of very good dragon types in the game, let's let's just say. And unfortunately, Gudra's potential DPS is not so great. But it's very bulky, especially when you compare it with something like Rayquaza. But it's it's DPS. I just I personally can't get over it to recommend. 13.48 versus Rayquaza's 18.81. Even if you were to look at a comparable Pokemon like Salamence or Dragonite, they both still beat Gudra in terms of DPS. But Gudra is bulkier than both of them. So if you're worried about fainting, Gudra has the potential to be useful. But I still wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it's the, the Blissey of Dragons? It's not that tanky. Okay, all right. It's got like 241 defense, I think, which is it's pretty big considering it's got like 227 attack still. The Umbreon of Dragons. Yeah, that's probably a little bit better. Okay, all right, sweet. Speaking of Umbreon, oh, there's Sylveon in Gen 6, the last of the evolutions. Finally, finally. Pure fairy type, as the trend goes. Possible moves that are relevant. Charm and Disarming Voice, Draining Kiss, and Moonblast. There is a smattering of others but i'm only going to focus on fairy because of the monotyping and and what else are you going to really use sylveon for let's be real the choice of fairies in the game is not very good when you consider i think the third best fairy dps is granville you you have not much competition so purely by having a double fairy moveset sylveon is number three of all the fairies nice if it gets Moonblast, which I'm going to be honest, is probably unlikely before some kind of event, it can compete with Gardevoir and Togekiss, but it's still just below them. So Sylveon looks good. 
I think it's shiny is like a blue color, right? Yeah, like yeah, that. it's like a light blue. So, uh-huh. so it's got it's got a good shiny for all those saving their EVs. Yeah, I, got, I just did a check. I've still got my two set up. <laughs> yeah, got to make sure. Next up, we have a duo of Pokemon, the fossil Pokemon from Gen 6. There's been some pretty good fossil Pokemon in the past, specifically Bastiodon and Rampardos. So I thought, let's take a look at how Gen 6 shapes up. Tyrantrum, it's Rock Dragon. It's going to be absolutely butchered by his moveset. Oh. Which is a shame because it's such a good-looking Pokemon. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's fantastic. Possible moves for fast moves. Dragon Tail, Bite, and Charm. Yeah. <laughs> Possible charge moves. Ancient Power, Rock Slide, Dragon Claw, and Stone Edge. Can I ask a question really quick? Yeah. Charm? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask. It can learn charm at level twelve. I don't know why. What? What? <laughs> it's got it's got a jaw that puts the crimson chin to shame. What's charming about it? I don't know. I mean, Tyrant. I think is the yeah first stage. It's kind of mm-hmm. cute. Maybe maybe it's a yeah. I don't know. Tail over from there. Also, the dragon typing bothers me. I mean, uh, he's, he's a T Rex. He he's a T Rex. But what yep. is the closest thing to a T-Rex in Pokemon typing? Uh, I'm just going to say Charizard. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, like, in terms of types, what's the closest type to a T-Rex, to a um, dinosaur? I don't it's, know. Rampardos isn't a dra- okay, Fine, whatever, dude. It's a dragon subtyping. It's okay. It's important. <laughs> it still offends me. That's okay, because the rest of it offends me, too. The okay. only stab moveset it gets is Dragon Tail, Dragon Claw, and he just can't compete with the other dragons in the game. Doesn't compete with Salamence, Dragonite, won't even be able to compete with Gudra that we were just talking about. Yeah. Maybe his strange smattering of moves will be relevant in PvP, but I have no idea there. I think if he had longer arms, Dragon Claw would be better, <laughs> uh, and therefore it would perform better. It's a shame. What about the other fossil Pokemon, though? Aurorus. Rock ice type. Possible fast moves. Powder, snow, and mud shot. Possible charge moves. Ice beam. Aurora beam. Avalanche. Ancient power. Stone edge. Rock slide. A whole bunch of other fat. A whole bunch of other charge moves and basically no other fast moves. So who knows what its moveset will actually look like. Tackle. No, no. It, it can't learn tackle. <laughs> oh. It the, the power to snow and mud shot are basically the only fast moves it can learn. So yeah, thankfully they're they're decent fast moves. So you know that said, doesn't have a rock fast move, so its only stab move set is ice, and it doesn't even hold a candle to Galarian, Darmanitan, or Mamoswine. It doesn't even compete with Glaceon or Weavile for the B tier ice type attacker. Oh, so I'm so sorry. It's just really Morris. pretty. It is a very pretty Pokemon, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what its shiny looks like, but I, I, I hope it's not green. I, I hope it's purple. Oh, 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 oh. Now I want to look it up. Maybe later. Because up next, we have the box art legendaries for Gen 6. Uh, hold your horses for this one. First up is Xerneas. He's not a horse. <laughs> He's a big deer. He's an elegant uh, caribou. Yeah, okay, well, it's also pure fairy typing. And the 
only fast moves it can learn are takedown and tackle. <laughs> I'm not the even gonna, wheezing effect again. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to go over the rest of the move list because it's a waste of everybody's time. Unless they give it a new fast move or they make another fairy move into a fast move, Xerneas is a waste of everybody's time. Unless I'm woefully missing something here. And I don't think I did, which is a shame because that max CP of 4514 is, is, is nice. It can't learn charm? No, it can't learn charm. It's a fairy type. I you know. have five moves. What? It's not available. It can learn all of the charged fairy moves. It can learn draining kiss. It can learn moon blast. It's got its own fairy signature dazzling move. Dazzling gleam. Yeah. It can learn dazzling. It's like, but no charm. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Xerneas. Because Xerneas can't speak for itself, I'm just going to say, come on. That's rude. <laughs> it's okay, because I personally played through Pokemon Y, not X. And next up, we have Yivatel, and it looks pretty good. I'll just say that. Possible fast moves, Air Slash and Snarl. Possible charge moves are Sky Attack and Foul Play. There are a bunch of other options, including worse flying and dark charge moves available. So this is just the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. It is going to destroy the flying category completely. Like Sky Attack Moltres who? Don't you take that back. Don't you, you dare. You heard me. Don't you dare besmirch Sky Attack Moltres. Air Slash Sky Attack Evitel will have a DPS of 18.04 with a TDO of 1111.53. Just to compare for those Sky Attack Moltres out there. It's a lot of damage. Moltres has 16.87 DPS and 722.94 TDO. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slaughter. It, it is, but let's not kid ourselves. Th this Pokemon is going to be hamstrung by something. Now, here, here's the thing. Even if it gets Hurricane, it still destroys Sky Attack Moltres. All right. Well, excuse me as I go write an angry letter. So now, God forbid they don't give it Air Slash like at all, and it only gets Snarl. Let's just, let's just pretend it gets hamstrung like that. It still beats all of the Dark types in the game, too. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Snarl Foul Play puts it at 18.35 DPS and 1130.79 TDO. My God. For comparison, Darkrai, the current non-mega dark type king with Shadow Ball, is 17.27 DPS and 681.17 TDO. It's got almost half of the TDO that Evatel does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, but TDO only only matters in certain scenarios. But it also has more than one DPS on it, too. True, so true. Just just superior. And if you don't have a Shadow Ball Darkrai, if your Darkrai knows, I think it's Dark Pulse or whatever, it, the, the gap is even bigger, obviously. Mm -hmm. If Yvatel gets Dark Pulse instead of Foul Play, its DPS falls from 18.35 to 15.79 so that would be a bummer but its tdo would still help it would still help it out drastically at 973.07 this is wild so 
Givatel is probably the most impactful legendary. I mean, you know, I was about to say that, and then I just remembered that we had both Zekrom and oh, what Reshiram. is one? Reshiram. Not even that mm-hmm. long ago. I mean, oh my god, that was like three months ago. Yeah, dude, it was it was a while ago. Uh huh. It was still warm outside. <laughs> still really warm outside. I remember it was pr- it was pretty warm. It's pretty warm. Uh, but anyways, the results of Yevatel are what I would expect from a box art legendary. Sorry, Xerneas. Sorry, Suicune. Yeah, man, pour one out for Suicune. <laughs> and then watch it walk across that liquid you just poured out because that's its power or whatever. <laughs> it can walk, aqua- walk across shallow puddles. Yeah, and, and deep, deep oceans, <laughs> sir. I just I just want to say an honorable mention because it wasn't worth actually putting on the list. Age of Slashes in Gen Six. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and if it has the right moves, it has the same stat line as Bastiodon. So maybe maybe it'll have something going on for PvP. We never know. Oh, it could. That'd be awesome. That would be another rare Pokemon with a lot of Stardust necessary in order to get it to a competitive level that I could also get and then bank my head against. You know it. Gotta Atta get boy. that 250 candy and then 250,000 Stardust. <laughs> it's more like 300,000 Stardust, Kyle. I'm, I'm assuming you caught it at like level 25. No, 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 no. Everybody knows that the ideal PvP IVs are exclusive to Pokemon between level 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, all right. Well, well thanks, Kyle. I am really excited for Next Generation. Um, not necessarily for any particular like Pokemon, you know, but I, I just I'm ready for another generation at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, I I am as well. But um, I'm still holding out for Frillish and Jellicent, dude. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to max one. So, <laughs> yep. Anyway, thanks for that, Kyle. It's time for the Poke Lore, and this week we're gonna be talking about Sandile and Crocorock, the Desert Croc Pokemon, and Crocodile, the Intimidation Pokemon. Starting with Sandile, Sandile is only found in deserts, with the exception of Alola, where the warm environment is comfortable enough for them to appear elsewhere. It usually burrows under the surface, with only its nose and eyes above the sand. Due to being so close to the surface, it can move around the desert and allow the heat of the sand to regulate its body temperature. This also serves as a way of hiding from enemies. When the sun sets, it burrows deep into the sand to sleep until sunrise. As seen in the anime, In the Wild, Sandile can be mischievous and potentially troublesome to humans. However, Sandile will protect another of its species and can be caring at times. Well, great. Great to know they're not all sociopaths. Okay, great. Sandile is known as the cleaner of the desert, as it mostly eats anything that collapses in the desert or walks near it including its favorite prey, Trapinch. Well, there's there's a pro. <laughs> the reason <laughs> it's because it is not very good at hunting down prey. Oh, great. What? Wow. Do you think they're like all these guys like, wow, a 10K egg. I hope there's a Trapinch in here. Just it, like. <laughs> is Sandile a bigger Pokemon than I picture it in my mind? No, he's a, he's a wee little baby. How's it eating Trapinch? Trapinch is like a couple, like is like two feet long. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a couple of a uh, couple of bites. I, I feel like Trapinch is the one eating Sandile in this situation. Oh no, 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 no! I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Nope, no. Sandile's a, he, he's a like I said, he's a wee baby crocodile. I still think he wins. I don't know, but, but anyway, baby. this baby grows up, Kyle. Okay, he does. maybe you'll be sold on some of these other these other ones. Okay, 
Crocorock, the middle evolution that everybody forgets about. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. so did I. I was like, oh, shoot, that's right. He's a three-stepper, not a two. Interesting. Crocorock prefers to live in the desert, usually in small groups. The black membrane surrounding its eyes protects them from sandstorms and acts as a thermal detector. This allows Crocorock to see the temperature of different objects, which also gives it exceptional night vision. This enables it to hunt in the dead of night without getting lost. However, it never moves much during the night. A group of Crocorock usually consists of a few individuals. The group is led by a female Crocorock while the males gather food. Nice. Crocorock dislikes feeling cold, so it burrows into the desert sand at night. It tends to bury its prey in the sand to preserve them in the event of an unsuccessful hunt. I'm assuming it's still Trap Inch. <laughs> well, the Trap Inch is only its favorite. It, it eats other things. Apparently anything, I guess. Anything that walks near it, right? Yeah, mostly eats anything that collapses in the desert. Nice. <laughs> All right, and here is the final evolution, Crocodile. Crocodile's head is slightly pointed and contains a distinctive black membrane that surrounds both eyes. The outline of the membrane angles upward sharply, coming to points above the top of Crocodile's head. It uses this distinctive look to harshly intimidate opponents. Its eyes are very powerful with variable focus, allowing it to see things at a great distance even in the middle of a desert. Its other notable feature is its long snout, containing a black stripe around the bridge and large pointed nostrils at the end. Four of its rear and two of its front teeth slightly overlap its lower jaw. Crocodile's jaws are extremely powerful, giving it the ability to crush objects as large and durable as an automobile, also known as a car. <laughs> the jaws can twist a body before breaking it in half. This is brutal. Yeah. Wow. Uh, these features are topped by Crocodile's extremely violent temper. It has been known to clamp down on any moving object and will do everything it can to make sure its prey cannot escape. Crocodile coexists well with Flygon in searching for food. Well, that's a weird twist of fate. Yeah. It's very it's, odd. Hmm. It's probably because Crocodile knows it can't catch Flygon anymore. So he's like, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat your kids. That's fine. Uh, Crocodile has been known as the bully of the sand. So he uses yeah. the sandy terrain as cover to patiently wait for prey to pass by, even throughout the day without rest. Crocodile can swim through the desert sands as if they were water. Not even a thick metal plate is able to withstand a crocodile's strong jaw bite. Wow. Intimidation Pokemon indeed. Stats. Max CP of 3046. It just breaks that 3k uh, level, which is awesome. Great attack and stamina of 229 and 216, respectively. And an average-ish defense of 158. So it's got some good stats. It does well for itself. Best move set. There's two combinations. If you want to go for a dark type stab set, put, put Snarl with Crunch, which is kind of like a tried and true combination anyway. Uh, but if you want to go with the ground, because it is a dark ground dual type, you could also get Mud Slap Earthquake, also known as the, the Groudon Special. <laughs> yep. Or is it Mud Shot? Which one does it have? No, he has Mud Shot, I think. Does he? All right. I, I well. Think so. I, you know what? I don't think it would actually solve the problem. I think it, it attacks nope. just as quick anyway, pretty much. So hmm, anyway, there's that. Uh, I I learned that there was three steps to this evolution today, even though I already <laughs> knew it. Krogorok just, I just don't care. It, just doesn't, it doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist in my mind. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, it's fair enough. But you know what does exist, Kyle? What? The Pokepole. 
last week's question was, what season is your favorite in Pokemon Go and why? This could even be a particular seasonal event. First one's from Matters, and he said, hello, gents. For me, the best season to play Pokemon Go has to be autumn. This year has been a doozy, but the game has been a welcome distraction. Best of all right now, when the nights are getting darker, the day is colder, and the weather a lot wetter. The in-game events also feel way more fruitful with Halloween being the main highlight, full of rare spawns and shiny possibilities to keep our spirits up. See what I did there? (laughs) All you need is an umbrella, Go Plus, battery pack, and you're good to go. Nice. I mean, yes, 100%. I think we agree. (laughs) I mean, that was my answer. So, you know, I definitely agree. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, That that was just said a lot better than we managed to say it last week. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Seth said, my favorite is by far the Christmas event. Personally, Christmas is my favorite holiday and I love winter in general. So the Christmas event is one I really enjoy. Living in an area that frequently gets snow means I get to see the most beautiful version of the game. And who doesn't love Delibird? Well, I, I will I will back you up on this. Christmas is not my favorite holiday. It's one of my least favorite holidays, but I love Christmas and Pokemon Go. It is it's beautiful in game with the snow. Seth is 100 percent correct. And it, the events are always good. Always great. Lots of stardust, lots of candy, great bonuses. You know, we usually have the the year in review December community day thing. That's mm-hmm. always fun. Uh, it's a great time of year for the game. I like the Christmas time for the game because of the icy spawns. It feels good when you when you live in a foresty area and see bugs all the time to mm-hmm. go Halloween, you know, autumn to Christmas and get that big variety compared to normal. Yeah, yeah. Email said autumn for sure. Halloween continues to be the only event that keeps me excited for the whole duration of the event. The spawns are great, and I love a good special research. I also love autumn for the weather when it's cool enough to leave the house, but warm enough to still be outside. And don't even get me started on the amazing AR photos I can take when the leaves turn red. I agree completely. I also am excited throughout the entirety of the Halloween event every time. It's just I'll check everything I see during the event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we, I think we covered this last week. Just the the spawn uh, variety is always crazy good. Uh, and there's lots of shiny checks. It's just an exciting time to play in general. Yep. Uh, Carlos said, summer for the three-hour raid events. I miss being asked by downtown security guards what we're doing gathering in the buildings on weekends as we track down the 25 gym route spiraling through downtown. Yeah, ain't this the truth? So during the summer when we've had raid days in the past, Kyle has been victim to my overplanning. where i've actually made maps and routes and little graphics for people to to reference i mean they never get used uh but but i do i do make them yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i I wonder what would happen if we went in without one probably would end up doing 40 raids instead of 25 (laughs) you know what kyle you know what (laughs) i i spent so much time figuring out the most efficient man just this is what i get fine Next email is from Cameron. She said, winter. I love winter, and I like seeing more ice and steel types. Plus, snow is pretty, and I very much need a Cryonal. Those are the only times those words will ever be said out loud. Just want to say. What? You, <laughs> snow is pretty? Cry- Cryonal. Oh, cry- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what part about it? Yeah, you either hate winter. No, snow is very pretty. 
until you have to shovel it and then drive in it like for three months in a row and then live in it for five months because we're in chicago yeah yep Mm -hmm. and then lastly from defy e my favorite season in real life and in pokemon go is summertime as a public school teacher summer is really my time to play (laughs) as much as i adore fall halloween birthday fall colors my time to play during fall winter and spring is very limited summer also brings go fest and safari zone events and i look forward to the return of seeing my internet friends in person for those special days i think we can all agree with that yeah dude uh, uh, you know want to know want to know something fun kyle i think we've talked about this before actually so don't stop me if you've heard this before because i might, probably didn't see in the show but um i really didn't care for summer up until pokemon go came out um and now i look forward to it every single year <laughs> i just i mean i liked it because i wasn't in school but as an adult i just don't really i don't like heat yeah i don't like yeah. humidity and stuff but now i'm like but that's, but that's that's the event time that's when we get to go yeah, do stuff it's the time to play <laughs> mm-hmm. it is the time to play eve is an adult it's the time to play I, I agree this week's poke poll is if you could pick the next community day pokemon what would it be and why bonus points for a special move and a clever name for this special research i guess this would be the uh january community day at this point yes yes it would be um and uh i'm going to write a formal letter to niantic telling them what our decision is together so that they can do it for us okay yeah no i'm just kidding but uh you got one i got one all ready to go go ahead i do too okay okay great well why don't you go first no no i always go first not always go first okay i go first Um, for goals so all right, fine, fair <laughs> enough. I'll go. I'll go first for this. All right, so uh, my community Pokemon pick is going to be Spinnerack because, uh, yep, we need that shiny dude. We Get really, really do. Out of here. Excuse me, I didn't get my Caterpie day, sir. <laughs> Let me grieve how I find appropriate. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Cubone Hour. <laughs> it is Cubone Hour. Get get that Stardust, Kyle. All right. Anyway, there would actually be two special moves. There would be uh, two moves that wouldn't give it stab. It doesn't really matter what they are. I kind of wanted to give it something interesting. It's a bug grass type. So maybe something against ground, like giving it like uh, like air, not air, aerial ace or something like that, um, that sometimes non-flying Pokemon get would be really great. So like aerial ace and, oh, geez, I don't know. Something stupid like power up punch. <laughs> don't think it can learn power up punch i don't think so either but let's go with it anyway all right and then ready here's what the special research is going to be and there's this is why this is why there's two featured moves it's going to be porque no los area dose <laughs> and it's gonna give you two area dose and each one comes with each of the moves oh my god <laughs> yes it was a long walk for a bad joke your turn <laughs> all right so my answer I wonder if anyone has predicted it yet. Uh, it's Litwick because I want the shiny and it's not out yet. That's the basis. I don't think Litwick can learn any significant new move in terms of increasing its damage. So pick something crazy for the special move. I can't think of one. And uh, Blast Burn. <laughs> yeah, that's not how this works. No, no, no. Unfortunately, I don't have a clever name for the special research because I came up with this about 45 seconds ago. And, and Chris had like all day. 
So. Yes, but I didn't think about it until like five minutes ago. Literally, when we were when we were reading through the answers to last Pokemon, I'm like, what would be funny? I gotta find, I gotta figure something out, and it's okay. You know, it wasn't even worth it in the end. <laughs> but anyway, dear listener, if you have an answer to the question, if you could pick the next Community Day Pokemon, what would it be and why? Bonus points for a special move and a clever name for the special research. You can answer that when we post it on social, such as Facebook and slash or. Twitter, or if you're a patron in our Discord, when we post it there, that's a good spot. And you could also, you know, send us a, a voicemail by calling 262-586-7717. Or if you want to be old-fashioned about it, you could always send us a, a, an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And, well, not quite yet. Take a pause. We're going to go into the PvP corner section with DeFi-E250 and Fish on a Heater. And they're going to be talking about, I believe the new upcoming announcement for season five here, just like we did, but you know, they're more qualified. So listen to what they have to say. Hi, I'm Fish on the Heater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, where we talk about all the things that are happening in PvP and how to help you get good. Get good. Awesome. I'm ready. I'm ready to get good. I need it. So we're going to start off today with some extreme speed headlines, just really quickly going through the news. And the first thing we need to bring up with that is that Go Battle League Season 4 is ending. We are at that stage where all three leagues are currently open. Our season ends here for Go Battle League on Monday, November 9th at 1 o'clock p.m. And while this is going on, where we have all these leagues open, Sylph is doing something pretty cool. They are allowing people to host tournaments for Master League Premier in the Sylph Arena as ranked tournaments. If you're someone who really likes the Master League, this is an opportunity for you to use it in the Sylph Arena, which I think is pretty awesome. With that said, GBL Season 5, the details have been announced, and Chris and Carl uh, did do a great job of covering it earlier. We'll be going a little more in-depth about it in the future, but uh, just a quick thing to keep in mind. Uh, Bronzor and Dino are going to be pretty big for the Little Cup, uh, so are Cottony and Wooper, so start looking for those, because uh, they, they are going to be big. Uh, we'll also do a little more about Kanto Cup and the Catch Cup in the future. Excellent. And for sure, we'll cover it more in the future, but one thing I do want to say, because this the next podcast will come out once Little Cup has already started, please don't double move your Bronzor, Dino, <laughs> and Cottony that are 500 CP. Please don't. Please don't. This is a fast move cup. You're going to be relying on confusion damage, dragon breath damage, charm damage. Yeah. Save your resources. Please, please, please. Use responsible moving. <laughs> please double move responsibly. <laughs> yes. So with that, let's talk a little bit about the Sylph Arena and do a little Sylph Arena check-in. Marsh Cup has started already. We are in November. Fish, have you done any tournaments? What have you been seeing on people's teams? Uh, I haven't played any tournaments yet, uh, but I've been keeping up to date with, uh, you know, pe people in my community and the tournaments they've been doing, and they've been reporting a lot less Galvantula than we first thought. I think because such a big deal was made uh, when the Marsh Cup was first announced about how good Galvantula was going to be, everyone s heard that and thought, Okay, well, I'm going to make sure my team just counters the absolute snot out of Galvantula. And uh, what they also did was 
noticed everyone else was doing that too, so they left their Galvantula at home. So everyone's kind of prepared for this Galvantula party, and Galvantula hasn't even turned up. My poor Spooner! <laughs> My poor Spooner, but I would totally agree. I've been seeing so much Alolan Marowak with that fire spin damage that just completely knocks out Galvantula. I did one tournament with the girls that PvP, and Enhoff took me to town with a Razor Leaf Ivysaur. My Mud Boys did not stand a chance. Right, so if you're looking to put together a team for Marsh Cup, that's probably something you'll need to keep in mind. Mud Boy is going to be very good against not only Galvantula, but also uh, the, the Alolan Marowak, the, the Metawak, and some other picks like Crustle, which we've, we've been seeing a fair bit of. Uh, but then you also need a good way to counter those Mud Boys. Excellent. So that was a really nice little self check-in. I'm ready for a deep dive. This week's deep dive is going to be on some new meta moves, which we have five moves to discuss. So many new moves have been coming into PvP. First, we're going to talk about Shadowbone Alolan Marowak, which we got on the raid day on Halloween. We've got two community days in November, the pair of Magmar and Electabuzz and their evolutions, Magmortar and Electivire. We have Pidgeot, which you, if you evolve a Pidgeotto during Go Battle Night on November 5th, you can get a Pidgeot that knows Gust. And then finally, back from the grave, we have Aeroblast Lugia. We thought we were never going to get it, but the time has come. How about you start us off, Fish? Tell me, is Shadowbone worth it? Do I need to Elite TM my Alolan Marowak? Well, so what I'll say about that is that gone are the days where a Pokemon will get a new move, and it's just absolutely a strict upgrade to the Pokemon. So when Swampert got Hydro Cannon for the first time, it was no question. The Pokemon was had it had to have Hydro Cannon, or it just wasn't viable. These days, it's all about how you want to play the Pokemon and what suits your playstyle. Shadowbone Alolan Marowak is neither an upgrade nor a downgrade to Shadow Ball Alolan Marowak. For example, if you take it into Marsh Cup, uh, if you run Shadow Bone, you're going to win against, say, Drifblim, uh, Lapras, Sableye. Um, if you've got two shields, maybe a, a Golbat as well. Whereas Shadow Ball, you won't win those matchups. Uh, however, if you run Shadow Bone, you'll lose against Skuntank and Beedrill where Shadow Ball will allow you to get the win. So it's really all about uh, what matchups you want to play and how you want to play it. Shadow Ball with Bone Club relies a lot more on the baiting game, so it's kind of less consistent. You have to try and burn shields first with the Bone Club and then try and hammer it home with the Shadow Ball. If you're running Shadow Bone, then you don't have to rely on shield baiting as much. It's a lot more consistent. You can try and just go straight shadow bone and burn those shields and hit hard once shields are down. So it's really how you feel more comfortable as a battler. Awesome. So if I want to build two, I can build two. If I want to keep it, like I prefer the baiting game. I like that play. I can just keep the same Alolan Marowak I've been using. That's awesome. Yeah. But... What I want to hear more about are these two Community Day moves. Kyle did a really good job covering it earlier. Is there anything we can add to this conversation? Are these moves even worth it? Talk to me about Magmortar. 
so Magmorta is getting Thunderbolt, which is a great coverage move against the water Pokemon that uh, might come up against it. Now, Magmorta is a bit of a glassy Pokemon, so if something's running a water fast move against it, then it's gonna have a bit of trouble getting to that Thunderbolt before fainting. You can usually get one off, but you know, trying to get multiple Thunderbolts off is, is a bit more of a, a struggle. If you can land a Thunderbolt against, say, an Azumarill, that will take out just over half of its HP. And also something like a Dugong, which is using an Ice Fast move so that's resisted. It's going to have a bit more time, so it can flip that match up against the Dugong. But uh, it is a bit of a slow move as well. So it's um, you, you really need kind of maybe a shield advantage to, to really make that work. That makes sense. So, Fish, I'm not going to run Magmortar in Great League. I'm going to run it, right. if I'm going to run it at all, I'm going to run it in Ultra League. Magmortar is a glass cannon. It needs that bulk Ultra League gives it. Does it help at all in Ultra League? Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, uh, to be honest, I, uh, I probably should have started with Ultra League because it's actually uh, a, a lot more helpful in Ultra League uh, because with Thunderbolt, it's gaining you some very, very meta-relevant wins like Charizard, uh, Polyrath, uh, Slowbro, which isn't quite as, as uh, upfront in the center of the meta, but it is definitely a, a solid pick. And also, if shields are down, it'll also take out Togekiss. Ooh. Yeah, that's a that's a really cheeky little scalp that it's taking, isn't it? I love it. Togekiss is so popular in the Ultra League, so if you want to show off your Thunderbolt <laughs> Magmortar, that seems like a good place yeah. to do it. But it has to be with no shields, because if it even has the, the one shield, it's going to charm you down first. That charm's going to catch up to you. Charm always does catch up to you, doesn't it? <laughs> charm always wins. But overall, it sounds like Thunderbolt is a positive coverage move to make Mortar. Even if it doesn't help it a ton, it, you can get some key matchups. It seems like a positive change. Yeah, and it's like the Shadow Bone Marowak where you don't have to have Thunderbolt. It's just how you want to play it. But what about Electivire with Flamethrower? Is it a similar situation? No. Not at all. <laughs> no. Nah. Not at all. Um... Flame, so the whole point of giving Pokemon moves that are different types to what the Pokemon is, is all about coverage. So if, if you bring in your electric Pokemon and your opponent brings in a ground Pokemon, for example, if you don't have any sort of moves other than electric, then you're in just a world of hurt. So those moves are designed to be able to fight back against those Pokemon that would normally be counters. Uh, Electivire already has a coverage move a good coverage move in Ice Punch. So Ice Punch with that super quick Thundershock is going to be a fantastic combination against, say, a ground Pokemon or maybe a grass Pokemon that would normally resist electric moves. Like I said, we've already covered the grass with Ice Punch, so really Flamethrower is only helping you against bugs and ice, of which there aren't that many Pokemon going around. Uh, the, obviously the, the big one is Galvantula, so Flamethrower will help against Galvantula and probably a Bomber Snow, but there's really not much above that. So this seems like a Pokemon, you know, I'll have one. I'll have one Flamethrower Electivire just to say I have it, but this, <laughs> this isn't something I'm gonna put on the Electivire I'm using in Ultra League. Totally. So I know you're really excited about Guston Pidgeot. Did you want to tell me a bit about that? 
I love it. I love that Gust is works just like Confusion. For those of you who love Confusion users, you know that Confusion hits like a truck. It is a powerful fast move. But with that power, on the flip side, it is very slow. It is a slow working charge move, but man, is it powerful. And Gust is works just like it. So if you can hide behind shields and you can just power through with these Gusts, you end up winning some really awesome matchups. Gust improves Pidgeot in pretty much every matchup in the Great League. It doesn't really help against things like Skarmory and Registeel, but why would you use a Pidgeot against them anyway? So, <laughs> yeah, that's but overall, Gust is a really good improvement. The one thing that's that's going to hold you back from using Pidgeot is the fact that it doesn't have any of those coverage moves like we just talked about. Pidgeot only has access to flying type moves, right. which really hurts it. All right, speaking of improvements, it's here, Fish. Aeroblast Lugia, talk to me. How good is this move? Uh, well, quite simply, Aeroblast is the best move in Pokemon Go. It has stats of 75 energy for 180 damage. That is huge. Um, to compare, that is, you're getting more bang for your buck out of Aeroblast than you are with Hydro Cannon, Frenzy Plant, and Blast Burn. It's more bang for your buck then even V-Create, which is the second most powerful move in terms of damage to energy. And the, the really crazy thing about it is that, yes, it's the most powerful move in the game, but the second, third, fourth, and fifth most powerful moves in the game all offset that power by debuffing the user. This one has a chance to buff you. It has a, a 1 in 8 chance of giving you a 2 stage buff to attack. That is amazing. Unfortunately, it's going to be really difficult to find a Lugia with Aeroblast for the Great League because this is going to be in raids. However, in Ultra League, you can definitely use this. Right. And uh, one, one more little point to drive at home is that Lugia also knows Hydro Pump. And if you fire Hydro Pump and Aeroblast against a Steel Pokemon, the Aeroblast, even though it's resisted, will still do more damage than Hydro Pump. My goodness. Right. Well, with that bomb of knowledge, <laughs> I think we've got ourselves a show. Yeah, let us send it back to Chris and Kyle. Thank you to Fish and DeFi-E for that very informative PvP corner section, as always. Did want to say that since they've recorded that, they, they got in touch to say, hey, since the damage number has been out, it's, it's dropped to 170. But their judgment is still that it's a very strong move. I am, of course, referring to Aeroblast. There you go. Don't worry about that. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, like I was saying when I interrupted myself, speaking of emails. Emails. Email, email, email. Emails. It's email time. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> the first email is from Theo. Hi, Cryo. What up, Theo? So I'm going to hit you with a long email. Prepare yourself. <laughs> Shake it out. You ready? Go. Okay, cool. So firstly, Alola Marowak Day was a total surprise, but a good one. I did five free raids, and my first one was Shiny. That was the only one, though. Hey, one Shiny is awesome. Good for you. 
It was fun and it wasn't hard to solo. I just used my 96% Tyranitar that I elite TM to get smacked down in a couple of Rhyperiors. October has been nice for me. I've gotten some good shinies, Giratine O, Trifloon, Lola Marowak. But soon November starts. Really hope it also goes well. So for November Community Day, Magmar and Electabuzz, that's going to be interesting. But Electivire is good and hopefully a good move as well. We'll see. I'm not quite sure how that's going to shake out yet. Magmortar is not the best, but okay. Maybe a good move can make it better. Again, we'll see how it goes. My, my hopes are up for sure. But why is there no Magnemite community today? It's perfect. Everybody needs that Magnezone for Master League. And I think I have a speculation. They said a Mystic Pokemon will be coming into five-star raids. So I think it might be Mewtwo or it's some legendary that is not Articuno, but like a Psychic or Ghost type. Though I don't know all the legendaries with that type. So it could be something else. And why haven't there been any legendary raid days? Just give me like two boxes of three remote raid passes. and Everyone would be happy was listening to the older episodes and there was Suicune and Entei Raid Day. And I have an interesting idea. What if every year there was one day, one hour, where we can get any legacy move? That would be so helpful for beginners or just people who don't do every community day. And I wanted to tell you guys about two big projects that I'm doing. One is a Pokemon book where I have a picture of a Pokemon. If legendary, the Hundo CP, the Max CP, the best moves, and the Pokedex entry. And secondly, to become friends with everyone in our local Discord. We have a channel where people write their friend codes, and there's like a thousand, I think. And that's my first question. Is there a limit to friends? Yes, there is. It is 200. So uh, you might have to cycle through them in a very, very constructive way over time. And the second one is, what Pokemon do you think should be Mega that isn't? I think all evolutions should have a Mega, and that would be interesting. All right, what do you think? What do you think, Kyle? What can I answer for Chris? Yeah, go for it. Typhlosion. <laughs> Why do they hate good things? <laughs> Typhlosion deserves more respect, man. Uh, Age of Slash. Yo, that that would be amazing, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Even if it yeah. came out in the same generation, still. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. I think so. Um, and the third question: Why isn't there a type chart in the game? I mean, it would be very oh. helpful. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what? Why? We, I, we don't know why there's not, why there isn't a quick reference something. I mean, you can get a great image online and keep it on your phone, but why isn't it in the game? doesn't make any sense. Keep up the good work from Pokemon lover Theo. Thank you so much for the email, Theo. Appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your experience on your raid day as well. Hopefully we'll see more legendary raid days in the future. I think they didn't have as many this year because uh, everybody was kind of encouraged to stay inside. So hopefully next year, if we can get out, we'll see more of those. Next email is from Seth. And he said, hello, good sirs. It is I, the Ghost King, a.k.a. Bulbaseth7. I just wanted to check in with you and discuss my insane shiny luck during the Halloween event. Kyle, I'm sorry. Don't do this to me, Seth. <laughs> He's gonna. I, I've already read through this, but I'm still going to say that anyways. <laughs> I ended the Halloween event with a total of 18 shinies. <laughs> Five shiny Duskull, four shiny Shuppet, Two shiny Litwit Hat Sableye. Oh, I'm so jealous of those. One shiny Mischievous. One shiny Ghastly. One shiny Darkrai. One shiny Drifloon. One shiny Venonat. One shiny Alolan Grimer. And one shiny Spiritomb. Ooh! <sighs> okay, that's all for now. Gotta go vote. Shiny luck to all. Seth, sent for my shiny Spiritomb. My heart, it hurts 
said what hurts even more is i've gotten one shiny from this event and i cannot tell you how many things i have checked too many though and what was the one shiny kyle Drifloon. (laughs) and it wasn't even during the day either it was the day before yeah yep (laughs) nice that's funny oh well hey curse you seth and your good luck that's what i have to say no that's incredible good for you i'm i'm very happy for you thanks for the email seth this last email is from mitch krylo ren (laughs) the star wars joke oh man Uh, Uh, hello guys i find it very weird that we're still in the halloween event yeah you and me both are you both satisfied with the event now that it's over in a day like i said nobody does halloween like pogo by the way, Marowak Raid Day was a total letdown for me, but your significantly more verbose stream made up a little bit for that. Well, you got it. Anytime. I look forward to finally getting Lugia with Aeroblast. I remember doing close to 60 raids the first time Lugia was in raids with its shiny. My this God. event gives me a great excuse to go hard in raids for that red whale thingy. Speaking of which, old goals. Recoup Stardust. And that happened via... Three sets of GBL each day, 105 total battles at least. Yes, sir. Love and smacking down stuff in the Halloween Cup with Crustle. Very true. Crustle's the best. Work on Master League Victories Medal. 130 by next week. 99 as of now. LOL. No. Forgot about Halloween Cup. <laughs> <laughs> true. Solid 200,000 Stardust by next week. You got 216,701 dust. Woohoo. Nice. Way to, way to go. New goals. 10 Lugia raids. Do 100 battles on Go Battle Night and 200,000 dust again. Thank goodness we have this game to distract us from American politics. Shiny vibes all. Mitch, Cook's Gravy, Harry. He put all three on this time. <laughs> it's nice. Boy, oh, Go Battle Night is going to be uh, it's going to be a thing. I keep forgetting it's happening. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a thing. Yep. Good luck to you there, Mitch. And thank you for emailing. Do you have a response or can I wrap it up? And if you'd like to send us an email, just like these fine folks did, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You could also leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717. And we're going to wrap up the show here. Follow us on social at gocastpodcast. That's Twitter. That's our most prominent social media account. You can like us on Facebook, The GoCast Podcast. Visit our website for all information regarding the show and everything else and how to contact us and all that good stuff at GoCastPodcast.com. Help support the show monetarily at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCast Podcast that gets you access to our patron-exclusive Discord for as little as $1 a month. And I also think you can sign up for an annual membership and you get a discount. I've seen people do for 12 months, I think it was $10.80. And so you'd be taken care of for the year, which is pretty sweet. Speaking of patrons, shout out to our elite tier patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zekwalker, Splinteris, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Lori, and John. Thank you so very much for your patronage at the elite trainer tier. And if monetary support is just, you know, not your thing, you can always help us out by leaving a review on whatever podcatching service you might be using if it's uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, you know whatever the case might be please if you can leave us a review it helps us out immensely and it's free to do so thank you in advance and lastly you can find us on twitch twitch.tv forward slash gocast podcast kyle and i stream on mondays and thursdays around 7 30 p.m central time uh both of those days doing varying things between arts and doing game playthroughs uh this thursday is going to be a, a, a weird a weird thing it's going to be my birthday, so we're going to be hanging out. And then uh, Kyle and I might be doing Crystal. We're not entirely sure yet, but what it's also happens to coincide with Go Battle Night. 
I am committed to streaming all of my matches. So I will figure it out. Haven't streamed GBL before. Not sure how long it's going to take, but we're going to get through it. And I also have a booster box of Pokemon cards to open in between rounds. I'm very excited about. So, hey, man, you know what? I did this for me. Chris has never (laughs) played the Pokemon card game in his life. I have. I've played a lot. I've played uh, PTCGO as well. I I played the Game Boy game, which didn't follow any of the rules. Yes. you, You played you played what? A decade and a half ago, it doesn't count. Well, the the Game Boy game for sure, but I played PTCGO uh, within the past year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Heck yeah. Uh, but no, you're right. I don't actively play. I'm just I'm in it for opening the cards. There's joy there, right? Chris has <laughs> an addiction when it comes to that. What like opening stuff, doing opening things? opening trading card packs? Yes, I love it. It's such it's such a rush. Get off me. You don't <laughs> you don't understand my life. All right. Anyway, that's the end of the show. We're going to wrap it up uh, by setting some goals really quick here. Uh, So, Kyle, what are your goals for this upcoming week? All right. So take part and go battle night, at least somewhat. If we don't do it together, maybe I'll do it while you're grinding in crystal. (laughs) Okay. We'll see. uh, Make it 300,000 Stardust because if I take part in the go battle night, I'll be making some Stardust like that. Okay. Gonna, gonna hatch some 12k eggs what does that even mean i'm gonna, I'm gonna say three okay. but we'll see uh i have i have hatched three total and i've got three <laughs> volaby so <laughs> i would like something else now wait you mean the diapered pokemon yes the diapered pokemon oh, okay i just wanted to clarify thank you so i hope i get like poniard or sandile but yeah so we'll go with that for now okay so i've got gold battle night like just participate 300,000 stardust and hatch three 12 kilometer eggs. Yes. Excellent. Okay. For myself, I'm also doing three goals. Go battle night, participate in that. But I'm, my goal is going to be finish all my matches, do all 100. Uh, see how that goes. Um, I want to catch a shiny Lugia that has arrow blast because nothing would make me happier in this world. And then 300,000 stardust as well, because that's a good point. And if we're going to be doing GBL, it should be kind of easy to accrue. Uh, especially if we're going to be making a concerted effort, right? So three for me, three for you, Mr. Kyle. And that's the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening all the way through. And we'll see you all next week for episode 118. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.